Inductees into the South Dakota Hall of Fame come from all backgrounds of life, but one thing they all have in common is their daily pursuit of their dreams. In this podcast, you will hear stories of the legacy of these inductees and how these dream chasers have impacted South Dakota in meaningful ways. Here's your host, Miles Beacom. Well, hello, I'm Miles Beacom with the South Dakota Hall of Fame, and today we have a great guest today, and it's Paul Schock to talk about his father, Al Schock, and his uncle, Ozzy, who were both inducted into the South Dakota Hall of Fame in 1990. And Paul, thanks for joining us today. Sure. Could you start by just giving an overview of your father and your uncle and how they started the business of Terrace Park and, and just incredible uh, process of a couple farm kids growing up right. and, and really turning into very successful individuals? Sure, be happy to, Miles, and glad to be here. So they both grew up in a farm, uh, northeast South Dakota, uh, near Leola. And people would ask my dad, you know, where's Leola? He would say, well, it's right between Ipswich and Eureka. And so that was the, the joke that he would share. But the two out of the nine kids, they were the only two that went past the eighth grade in their family. Uh, of course, grew up during the Depression and all the, the you know, trials of that. Um, and so dad wanted to, was you know, a good student in high school and wanted to go to college. Um, he had applied for, it was called a dairy short course somewhere in Iowa. And his mom gave him 50 cents for the bus ride to get there. That was the extent of her help or their family's help for, their, for his education. The bus broke down in Brookings in a snowstorm. And he had nothing, they were there for two or three days. So that's how he decided to go to South Dakota State University. And Ozzie joined him a year, maybe two later. And they made their way through South Dakota State by getting up at 4 a.m. and milking cows in the morning, go to class, milk again in the evenings. And, you know, dad ended up graduating number one in his class, you know, very good student. Ozzie spent most of the four years partying. And dad said the number of times he'd have see Ozzie asleep with his head against a cow holding on to the udders, and he'd have to go whack him and wake him up. And so from the start, they had a great partnership, but they were very different people. Right. Ozzie was, my dad was very outgoing, but Ozzie was a salesperson and, and just very, very people-oriented. Dad was more scholarly, if you will. Um, so then, of course, there's a lot of, you know, things in between, including the war, where they were both decorated uh, you know, war heroes. Um, Dad had a Purple Heart and a Bronze Star, was wounded, severely wounded. Uh, they went into the beaches in Normandy about five days after D-Day. Uh, Dad was a second lieutenant infantryman, and I think he took in about 175 men and about 45 of them made it back. Um, and so those war experiences, of course, were, were impactful on them, uh, as was you know, growing up in the Depression. So came back, dad went back, got his master's in dairy bacteriology, then actually taught at South Dakota State University in the dairy department. And once in a while, I'll take my grandkids now, I used to take my kids up to South Dakota State in the halls of the dairy department. There are still pictures of my dad with his students winning various awards, national awards, which was a big deal for South Dakota State because the bigger dairy schools like Iowa and so on, it was a big deal for South Dakota State to do well. Um, so from the, all the way back, Dad's been very, and Ozzy, been very active with you know, supporting South Dakota State and all the state universities and colleges. But um, so um, after that, Dad went to work for Borden. Ozzy was doing different things, and they knew that they wanted to get started in business together. They wanted to start a dairy. 
So down by Terrace Park in Sioux Falls was a little, it was a dairy store. It wasn't really a dairy. Uh, elderly lady, only employee, single ownership. The building was about 20 feet by 20 feet. And I think brought in milk from one or two farms, bottled it and sold it out of this dairy store. Well, the, the, the brief story is that um, my dad in the war had they, both he and uh, Ozzy were married by then and had uh, at least one or two children. I don't remember uh, exactly which, but um, my dad, you know, saved up what money he could on the, you know, the small salary in the war. Ozzy spent pretty much everything he made, but played poker and made a lot of money playing poker, at least money back then. So I think between them, I think Ozzy had about $7,000 and dad had about two or 3,000 that he had saved up. And so they offered this lady, the, the whatever it was, $10,000 or so to pay for the dairy. My dad had came and, and met with her twice actually. And uh, she said no both times. So Ozzy, the salesperson says, uh, all right, let me have a shot at it. So he spent two or three hours with this woman and not only did she agree to sell, but she agreed to sell for 2000 less than dad had offered her. So I'll tell you something about Ozzy's sales skills. So they started just the two of them. Uh, my dad, even at that time, had had some great success in, in really reinventing cottage cheese, which is one of the, his greatest accomplishments um, in, a, in a business sense. And so they started developing other products, making cottage cheese and selling it door to door, starting out. And so that would have been in about uh, 1950, maybe 52, something like that. Um, and then, you know, fast forward to 1972, I think it was when they sold out to Land Lakes, which is a co-op. And they were they were concerned co-ops were starting to really control the the, the dairy business. And so they were concerned about that. And so they sold to Land O'Lakes. Um, and when they sold, they had, of course, their other dairies and plants around the region. And I think five or 600 employees when they sold. And just an amazing story mm. when they, how they got started. Um, any thoughts on, did you ever hear from your mother what she thought when your father and uncle said, okay, let's spend seven, eight thousand dollars right, to buy this right, store right. and start building it. You know, it's interesting you ask that question. Uh, the answer is, I don't know. Um, I do know a lot about um, both my mom and Ozzy's wife, Jane, through a book that my dad wrote called Brothers in War, um, which talks about each of their experiences in war. And it's a wonderful book from the perspective of Ozzy was a paratrooper and, and dad was an infantryman. And in there, they, they publish a lot of the letters that went back and forth between, you know, husband and wife. And so I know a lot more about my mom's, you know, worries in war and all that went on then uh, than I do about the start in business. So it's something I wish I, I wish she was here so I could ask her. Yeah, you know? it's something though. She knows that she made it through the war okay. Yeah, and so they can make it through anything together. Probably exactly so, right. Yeah. yeah. What a great yeah. story. Could you imagine? And <clears throat> your father was given how much? 50 cents? 50 for the, cents for, for the, the bus, bus ride, ride yep. to yep. go to college. Yep. And could you imagine uh, in today's environment, giving kids 50 cents yeah. or $50 <laughs> yeah. and exactly. say, okay, you're on your own, go. Right, right. Uh, just, just amazing. It shows you yep. the work ethic as well, up milking Absolutely. cows every morning while they were at yep. SDSU. Yep. Uh, but they had to do that to pay for schooling yep. or the room and board, exactly. those types of things. Yep. And what an incredible work ethic. Uh, exactly. And that, of course, continued throughout their lives. Mm -hmm.
What's the one thing that really stands out that your father and your uncle really provided to you with their work ethic, with their challenges that they had? Uh, What's something that really stands out to you? Well, one of the things that stands out to me is that um, uh, obviously as time went by, they they began to have success. you know, were extremely generous with, you know, the different charities and causes that they, that they believed in. Um, but they, they made it very clear to us, you know, the, the five of us on our side and Ozzy had six, that, um, and I think it's partly because of their upbringing and growing up, that we weren't going to be treated any different than any other kids. And um, so we had to work, we had to do our chores, we had to get good grades. And uh, we had an allowance, and we, if we wanted to buy a bike, we had to save it. And so um, the, the one thing that they did do for all of uh, the five of us, and I'm pretty sure Ozzy did as well, is they did provide uh, funds for our college education. They, they felt strongly that, that that was one burden that they didn't want us to have to experience. Um, but other than that, we were on our own, and I, what a blessing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they really drove home to the kids the work ethic that they, they exactly. grew up with. Uh, what do you think most people would be most surprised about, uh, both your father and your uncle? A couple of things that stand out. Um, first of all, kind of speaking for both of them is that, uh, well, a good friend of mine, we were talking about, you know, dad's generation, Ozzy's generation, of course, Tom Brokaw's book, The Greatest Generation. And we were talking about that. My friend made an interesting comment. He said, Back in those days, there were very few books written on leadership and lots of great leaders. Today, we have lots of great books on leadership and not as many great leaders. And so here's an example of how my dad and Ozzy modeled that. They were among the first to grant significant ownership to their employees. And if you work there, it was essentially an ESOP before they had that mechanism. Mm-hmm. And so um, when they sold the dairy and then later, when they sold the dairy, they kept the, the cottage cheese franchising business called Dordic International. And that was a business that, uh, that mainly my dad, Ozzy, had, had kind of moved into a different uh, situation, uh, built up. Uh, they, they would go in and teach dairies around the world how to make culture products and then provide them with the cultures and the expertise. And dad built that business up and then they ended up selling that to a French company. And there were, I think, 52 employees that, that had significant ownership stakes in that. So, and I, even today, I continue to run into people who say, you know, I worked for Terrace Park Dairy and it's the best job I ever had in my life. So just the way they honored their employees and included them in the success of the business. The other thing, and this is on dad's side, um, uh, really, if you look back on Sioux Falls and South Dakota have been so blessed with leadership going back many, many generations. But specifically in the Sioux Falls area, and therefore for all of South Dakota, the, the, having arrows come was, was a big boost. Um, uh, you know, for, for, the, for the state. And dad was by far more responsible for that than anybody else. There's a book that w- was written not too long ago. It's called What It Took. And it's the arrow story. And, and certainly there were others that were part of the team. But, um, but I know dad felt that that was probably his greatest civic accomplishment. 
Paul, you mentioned um, <clears throat> how your father and uncle really built an incredible business, but they also shared uh, with their employees. And that's so important too. And it was so different in that time. And even in today's environment, it, it's it's different strategy, uh, but a very successful one as well. Uh, there again, they did not have to give up ownership, um, but they built such a family in building their organization that they just seen it was the right thing to do. And, and you're right, there weren't a lot of books on leadership back then. Right. But the leadership traits that your father and your uncle provided to not only their employees, but in the community, uh, the way they continue to give back to true leaders of Sioux Falls, of giving back and getting involved. Uh, and that's just something that should not be underestimated uh, because I look at the success of Sioux Falls today and it's because of leaders such as your father and your uncle as well. So a huge thank you for that because we have such a special community today, but it's not from what we did today, it's because of what your father and your uncle did uh, back then. Right. And and one of the neat things about not just them, but others in previous generations is the way that they took younger people under their wing to mentor them to become the leaders of the next generation. And I watched that with both my dad and Ozzy extensively. Yeah. And the comments from prior employees saying best place right. I ever worked. Uh, those are things that uh, has you being one of the children and grandkids hearing that uh, it really makes you proud of the way that your parents and grandparents did things. They did things right, uh, not only for the business, but the community as well. Yep. What do you think, <clears throat> what would you share as far as uh, an opportunity for young kids today uh, where a lot of times they don't think they have an opportunity uh, and they think a lot of people that are successful were born successful. And you, you've just shared a great story with your father and your uncle, the challenges that they had, their work ethic that they had. And I believe today the success, of, the opportunity is still out there, but people have to be willing to want to do it. What would you share with the, the youth of today? I would say the thing that I've learned, um, you know, certainly from my dad, from my parents, um, and from Ozzy and, and others of that generation, and from my own experience in business is a couple of things to me that stand out. The first thing is that there's a lot of wonderful traits that are unique about the, you know, the, the generation younger than me and then the one younger than them. Uh, but one of the things that they tend to struggle with is they want it now. And if you look back on, I can't hardly think of a person who ended up being successful like my dad and uncle that it wasn't a really long slog. I mean, just years and years of, you know, of two steps forward, two back, you know, the, that kind of thing. So, so the willingness to take the long view and realize that success does not happen overnight. Yeah. And in fact, for the few people that the lottery winners or whatever, it actually ruins them if they have overnight success, if you look at those statistics. So that would be one thing that would stand out for me. And then the other thing would be uh, their, their embracement of Judeo-Christian values, you know, their faith, um, their belief that if you follow, that, that God's laws are meant for our well-being, for society's well-being, and that if you follow those, you will be okay and those around you will be okay. Um, and th there's, there's, a, there's a love that they had for others um, that was really rooted in their faith. Yeah. 
two great points uh, that you just made. One is, uh, uh, and I'm a firm believer as well, you have to believe in what you're doing and you do things right. Uh, the organizations and the people that are successful, they're in it for the long run. They're not looking right. for the shortcut or it's easier on the other side of the fence when we continue to jump around. Exactly. If they find something that they have a passion for and they want to be the best and they focus on that, they will be very successful. Uh, the other thing is the belief, though, but you have to believe in yourself and the mm -hmm. team, and you have to believe in doing things right. Uh, I've seen so many people have always said that are a lot smarter than me, right. uh, but but whenever times got tough, they'd throw in the towel. They weren't willing to dig in and work hard and do the right things long-term for the success of the organization. And those sometimes are very difficult to do, but they pay huge dividends down the road. Exactly. Um, I, I think about... Um, you know, some of the times, obviously, in the early uh, years, well, the, growing up in the Depression, the war, starting a business. But, but after, when, I, when Dad and Ozzie sold the dairy in 1972, first of all, the capital gains tax back then was 70%. So they gave most of it to the federal government. They took, for eat, for, they took a, a modest chunk and put it in trust for our education for all the kids. My dad specifically did two things with the rest of his money. He put about half of it into the stock market, which ended up going down 80% in the next two years. And the rest he put into his Senate campaign. He ran for the United States Senate, was beaten the primary. Um, he was basically broke after the Senate race in 1974 and went back to Land Lakes and asked if he could have his old job back at Terrace Park. They turned him down. My dad was basically broke without a job in 1974. And as kids, because we had never lived, we, we, we drove an old car on family vacations. So we didn't know the difference. We, didn't, we never knew that dad had a lot of money. So we didn't know when he didn't have any money. And so what did he do? He started over um, at age 54. And that's when Nordica International, the cottage cheese culture products business, was very young and, and, and fledgling, if you will. And he went out and borrowed money. He was on the uh, bank board at Nor Northwest Bank Co., Northwestern Bank, then became Norwest, and of course now mm -hmm. Wells Fargo. But um, uh, he convinced the board to lend him enough money to go out and hire some key employees at Nordica. Dad started calling on dairies. When we would go on family vacations, when we drove to Florida, it took us a week to get down there and a week to get back because we called on, I didn't know as a kid that when you drive to Florida for vacation, you go through Arizona, Texas, Georgia, <laughs> uh, North Carolina, because that's where the dairies were. And he would cold call and pretty soon, you know, 10 years later, he had another very successful business. What do you think was the biggest challenge that your father went through? Do you think that was it when he lost? I think was... losing the, the, the Senate race. You know, my dad, I look back, we've, we've been blessed with some wonderful political leaders in South Dakota and continue to be blessed with that. I cannot think of a more qualified candidate than my dad. He was a tremendous public speaker, very generous, extremely active in you know, charitable things, community development, economic development. Um, you know, was a great leader, employer, and, and, and servant, was, was a conservationist. We have a, somewhere in one of our files, we have an article that he wrote in the Wall Street Journal, which again was way ahead of its time, which essentially encouraged what became the CRP program, where they would take acres and, and idle it. And, and Dad was a, I mean, he, 
He was a Teddy Roosevelt Republican and, and got beat. Uh, he walked. I don't, people wouldn't remember this, but um, he loved to walk. And so he walked all the way from Sioux Falls to Leola, where he announced his candidacy. And then he walked the Black Hills from south to north or north to south and just, you know, called on every little town and gave speeches. And that loss really affected my dad. Um, but he would say later in life, had that not happened, he wouldn't have built Nordic International and all the blessing that that provided for other people. So, you know, he always had that perspective that even something that is bad, that the, the, something good can come from it. Yeah, it's, it's amazing how he was able to overcome the, the challenge there and look for a positive to really rebuild. Right. And uh, you're, you're right. It's uh, sometimes people look at something that uh, has happened that's been very negative. And again, they'll throw in the towel, and that wasn't your father. Right. Uh, he said, okay, let's dust off and, yep. and let's get back exactly. on the horse and go again. Yep. And I didn't find out about that, that he was essentially broke until 19, uh, I guess it wasn't that much longer. It had been 1977 when he drove me to school on the West Coast. And he told me his war stories and some of those other stories that I had never heard. So that had to be a heck of a conversation, uh, listening to those stories you hadn't heard and that he lost everything and now he's rebuilding a new business and driving yep. out there. But what that's pretty special quality time between you and your father to be able to hear those stories yep. and listen about the challenges that he had and just the perseverance he had to overcome. Yeah, it was an amazing time. Yeah. Paul, when I look at the success of the Shock family, uh, and there's numerous successes that are out there, both helping with the war, uh, the success there. You look at what was built in Sioux Falls. You look at the involvement in the community uh, and how it just continued to raise things. And, and, and uh, then the challenges that were out there from the war, to starting a business, to uh, losing everything and restarting something else. Uh, you, you look at all those things and it just, it's the fabric of South Dakotans. And Absolutely. you look at the success uh, of South Dakotans and, and I say a lot of our parents or grandparents were farmers and that's why we can adapt so quickly to different things and we just don't go and buy something new. We find a way to fix things uh, and get by and, and make sure that we're doing the right things for the people, the staff. Uh, and I just look at your family and the impact that it's had not only on Sioux Falls, but South Dakota. But I, I can just say that uh, we've been truly blessed to have you and your family as a key uh, significant success in South Dakota. So thank you very much. Thank you. I appreciate that a lot. Those comments mean a lot. Thank you for listening. To learn more about the South Dakota Hall of Fame and these dream chasers, visit our website at www.sdexcellence.org and follow us on Facebook and Instagram.